All right, everyone. Welcome to episode, officially episode one of the KO podcast as episode 00 was our introductions, talking about ourselves, what we are, what we do, um, all that fun stuff. Um, on this episode today, we're going to be talking about our experience at the NAM show, NAM 2020. We have a lots of topics to go over, so I think you'll enjoy them all. Um, and I think the... Um, First thing we're going to start off with, though, is a, a little um, message about our uh, sponsor. Yeah, so we do have a sponsor for this episode, so here we are. Okay, so if you guys don't know, the NAM show stands for National Association of Music Merchants. It's the largest music production uh, product showcase. You can't actually... Hmm. buy anything like buy any technology there you can buy merchandise because it's a huge thing to yeah buy but you can't buy like anything um, some things at these booths it's yeah. just a trade show really but i think it's like the largest music trade show in the world it is at least at least in the u.s i think but um yeah it might be in other Gotta countries fact check that yeah and it's in beautiful anaheim california it is and speaking of california we're going to talk about our first day because our first day there, we had um, a day. Well, we, at first, actually, it started out we had a free, like, late afternoon night. And yeah. then we had a full free day in California. And then all the other days was the NAM show. And then the last day of the NAM show was our last day in California. Um, so we'll talk about our little bit of our first day. The first night, we just did a big dinner in downtown Disney. Oh, yeah, what you think of was, that dinner? It was good. It was, um, oh, God, I don't remember what the place is called um but it was like a f- five course four or five yes. course like mexican themed uh buffet and you know since it was a class trip it was free for us so i just that's good looked it up it's tortilla joe's oh it's such a good place. downtown disney on um, yeah our um professor that was in charge of the trip it was a music university related trip it was not something we just went on because we, ha- we don't have that type of money yeah. in that sense. Um, and he um, wanted to do just a big group dinner before everything. And we went there, and it was all laid out. Like Owen said, it's like a five-course thing. You know, like your appetizer, yep. lots of chips. I think our group of table ripped through like five, six baskets of those chips. Yeah, they were um, pretty addicting. They are, yeah. And tortilla um, chips like that, especially fresh, are really good. Had, uh, what else did we have? Um, we, we had those. Like quesadillas. Enchilada um, stuff. Enchiladas. Like, to, like fish enchiladas or something yeah, like that. Um, chicken. Chicken enchiladas. There was a thing. It was fish something. There was vegetarian tacos, and then there was that one thing that was like in the corn husk. I forget what that was called. That wasn't the enchilada. Um, I don't know what those I, were I, called. I forget what those called. It's but that thing knows, in the corn it's husk. It's thing in the corn husk, and one of our friends almost just like started to eat the corn husk because he, he thought it was a part yeah, of it. that's not. Funny story, but it was, um, they were really good. All the food was good. It, yeah, we, it was a little hard to remember all that food, especially just we ate a lot on this trip so i can't remember everything yeah. i ate and then there was dessert dessert was really dessert good too. um it was a um but it was really good it was like a strawberry cream like thing right little yeah. cream thing that's what you yeah, guys are really, for really small so you can just like pop them in. i think i ate like three of those yeah as i'll say very easy really stuff um so that was our pretty much our first night other than that we were all just kind of hanging out i know um me and my girlfriend walked around um just disney springs after and just chilled i know everyone else went off and just just hung out for a bit just chilled it was a chill day and then after that night we just went back to the hotel and we all crashed and got ready for our first 
like full day in California. Yeah. Which was we all decided to do Disneyland. Yeah, Ooh. and we all got a group rate. Um so I think we got the ticket prices for forty nine per person, which is really if you good. know anything about Disneyland, that's really good. Yeah, that's the thing when I was a deal with Nam actually. I looked into that. Like yep. Nam like the as each day went on though, like they either were done selling the tickets or the tickets go up. So yeah, forty nine was a great Yeah price for that yes yeah, so that was a nice um trip with you me your girlfriend who by the way is our social media manager yes so. he is i'll have to inform her that we're doing this yeah um and a couple of other friends so we just had a pretty fun time in disneyland that day yeah it was really cool um it was really neat i've, I've been to that um disneyland once a couple years back and it's really cool um we we definitely if we ever go again we're gonna do the other park which is like California Adventure that has a lot of more rides in our spot but we kind of just wanted to see the real true Disneyland and especially see the new Star Wars land that mm-hmm. was there which is really cool very done up yeah um so we're gonna go into a quick like little funny story about Disneyland and then we'll actually get into our nice um Nam talk so our one friend um his name is John I'm not gonna close any more information on that his name's John um. He kind of just wanted to hit, like, as much rides as he could, which is the same way we all were. We all just said it was a very light day. It was, like, it was a Wednesday. Yeah, because we got in Tuesday. Yeah, it was a Wednesday. And not, like, really hot. So, like, you know, Wednesday everyone's in school. We were there. Like, so, like, it was not crowded. I don't think we had to wait any longer than 10 or 15 minutes in a, for some rides. No, so it was pretty good ticket price, pretty good time to go. So. Usually I cannot hit everything exactly what I want there. But we were able to. We were pretty much hit everything, yep. every main ride that would please us. Yeah, including us. that uh, the Millennium Falcon ride. Yeah, like we got hit that at the end. Um, I was the engineer. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> so back to the story, because um, our friend wanted to hit everything, and there's a ride called Splash Mountain. For anyone that doesn't know what Splash Mountain is, it's just it's a log, water log ride, and um, just has a big drop at the end. And usually, you don't get really wet on these rides. They're because they know it's yeah a little stretch like you get a little wet because they definitely want you to like buy their merchandise in case you get like a wet shirt or like wet socks but usually they they know that like yeah people aren't gonna walk around disney wet and they won't spend the money and i think it came down to just because we were a bigger group we had a lot more weight to us so our splash was bigger as a lot of people that go on this ride are a little like you little kids and like their parents and yeah, he and wanted to sit up. I didn't want to sit up front just because I didn't want to take the risk getting um soaked. And John was totally okay taking the front, and yeah, he I got sure to... soaked. Yeah, and it was it's kind of funny just due to the fact that he got soaked. It sort of not get a little funny because like we we did, we all ended up buying him a shirt. We all chipped in. Um, yeah, we all we just put it down evenly by the six people in our group to like because we kind of all felt bad. We should have told him to take off his sweatshirt. I keep forgetting he had that on because if he didn't have a sweatshirt on and like left it in a bag, yeah, he, he would have be, been fine. Because he started to get a little cold at the night because it did get colder and we, he was soaked. But it was just funny how we all insisted you don't get soaked. It's a fun ride and pretty much anything. Wait, did we, we end up want. buying him a sweatshirt too? We never bought him a sweatshirt. We just got him the shirt. No, I feel like no, we, we got him. And, we got him in. Um, oh, because we <laughs> yeah. Because by the end of the night, oh, they were hand drying it. It was by Space, Space Mountain. Mountain. Yeah, that we actually started running 
his sweatshirt and his shirt through the hand dryers in the bathroom. Yeah, because like we felt really bad because it was getting a little try cold. To dry them off. I was in a sweatshirt and I was getting a little chilly. Now I was in shorts, most everyone else was in pants, but I was even getting a little chilly. And like the fact that like he didn't have a sweatshirt, I figured he was getting cold. But we um, lucky enough, like the shirt helped him. Pretty much everything else dried. It was just mainly his sweatshirt that got hit. But other than that, yeah. So he double layered on shirts then. Um, Megan actually dried his shirt out in the, his, his sweatshirt out in the women's bathroom. Like she dried it out pretty well though. Yeah, so. definitely for as long as it took, but it was all good. Um, yeah. but yeah, so that was pretty much it. I mean, after that, we just rode a, we had a little more rides going back into Star Wars land. I was so tempted to buy a lightsaber, but I didn't save that money. Um, yeah. well, it, all, it was just a cool day in California. We did so much and we just all got to hang out and it was just a good time. And then yep. after that, we, like I said, went back to the hotel, chilled. And then we got ready for the first day of NAM 2020. Yeah. So we woke up and had a very nice breakfast because uh, the hotel was very good at breakfast. Yes, complimentary had breakfast. Like nice eggs, some good cereal. They had really good bagels, too. So yeah. Really they always bounced out between sausage and bacon, which was really good. So we weren't stuck with like the same thing every time, but mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Um, so after that, yeah, we, just, we, all, we usually Ubered two there i think we walked like twice on the nice days because like it was just like a long walk we knew we were going to be doing a lot of walking in the on the show floor so we decided to like just uber there it was really cheap it was always like two dollars per person um not bad at all but um so we're going to talk about i'll let owen talk about this one because i know this one i think inspired him a little bit more and i know he enjoyed it we're gonna be talking about some of the lectures we were at and the first one we're gonna talk about is the podcast um lecture because i know oh yeah the podcast one. Oh, let me see if i can pull up my notes for that yeah owen took a lot of um, notes for all of these podcasts although oh yeah so the lecture was called power of podcasting and it basically so it inspired me to start this podcast, and then I inspired you to start this podcast yeah. with me. Um, and it was essentially a panel of people. Uh, there was actually one person, uh, Fiola Davis, who was there, uh, and she ran a production studio in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Um, yeah, and she basically just explained like the different styles of podcasts, such as like monologues, um, interviews, co-host styles. And essentially how you can go about distributing yourself. Um, Yeah, and she said that it was a pretty good way to um, just gain some experience in the fields that you're talking about. So Yeah, definitely. It was really cool. I enjoyed it. I did because I've never was like super, super fond of podcasts and like seeing how like they like go about it and like handle it was really cool. And definitely like kind of help like maybe like i could see myself doing these I, but they're they're pretty cool they're neat and like the people were very helpful and very neat and the podcast overall was very well structured all the lectures were i just tripped up on some for the most there, part yeah all of them were pretty well structured there were a couple that were like eh. i feel yeah. like they were pretty rushed definitely well they kind of had like, to be on a time crunch yeah but i mean like they had a panel of like four people and then I don't know, like, sometimes, like, the presentation would not work, or, like, the presenter just goes off topic, and then there's just no room to really talk about it, yeah. and also no room for audience questions, so I feel like if they 
extended some of those time slots then and i get that they're on a huge time crunch for that stuff but i feel like some of them felt too rushed definitely so yeah that was the one podcast that stuck out to us we're gonna be talking about probably around like not podcasts so i'm getting my words tricked up because i'm seeing the word podcast on my notes um lectures lectures when i say if i actually say podcast just know i'm meaning lecture um Sure. The next one we're going to talk about is um, something that I think stood out to me a little bit more. And then the last one we'll talk about is one that stood out to us, I think, both like equally. Um, I'm going to talk about the music for um, mobile gaming, like for like, your phones and tablets. Um, that was a very cool um, lecture and the information that I learned and that you two probably learned. There's like interesting, like how much actually goes into music for the mobile gaming and how much like how much crunch they're on and like limited because like they can't like make like a big orchestral thing but they yeah. still could make something sound like it but yeah they're limited to like certain amounts of like space gigabyte ram things like that um you always got to make sure like you're working with the developer to see what they want exactly um it's really cool um they were talking about like there was a one guy that was talking about there i don't i forget the name of the game but it's like the it's like like you have like your little car that like you plug in to your phone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot the name of the game. It's just a game where you plug your car into a phone and like you're you pretty much just like can either like multiplayer or like land party with your friends and like you guys just like you race and you have like your own like cool car. But um, there was they had a thing with like syncing because of like I think it had to do with like internet and latency and just all things like that where yeah. like were you the music would all be yeah. out of sync because yeah because you couldn't sync it because the phones would know that they're connected to each other but the music can't it, it's not like a master clock for the music in the network yeah. it's only like each individual phone plays the music differently yeah and a lot of people were getting annoyed with that and like it came down to like people like muting their music and then people get mad like not like mad like it hurts when like you put your time in to make music and then knowing that people are just like muting it. Yeah. But um so they tried to figure out a way where it was more like ambient sounds and they were all like connecting with each other. So like even if like people's music were out of sync, it would get together like kind of in sync because they were all doing just like mellow yeah. stuff. Um but yeah, they're still trying to think, work on a one hundred percent solution for that. But it's just like it's crazy how much goes into these mobile games, especially for me wanting to do like music for like video games, and like I never thought about mobile gaming, and I don't know if I will go ever into that. But it does sound very cool, and it does sound very interesting. Do you have anything else to add to um, that? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I guess. I just look at a lot of, um, like, mobile games or, um, you know, like, Flash game MMO games, like, uh, yeah. you get from, like, Flash game websites, and it's really interesting just to see the depth of the music. Yeah. Because, crazy. I mean, like, most of the time the music doesn't play all the time, it's just, like, a little like snippets of it snippets sound effects yeah yeah like little little like a 20 second two minute long like songs yeah that just play in like a timed format across the game and so i just find that pretty interesting that they're able to put that level of detail into 
something like that. And, you know, a lot of people, to them, it just goes unnoticed. Yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, so that's, like, the whole cool thing about just mobile gaming. We really wanted to go to that one to just hear about that. And that's why I was on our top three um, lectures we're talking about. Um, We're going to now, like, head over to our last one we're going to talk about, which I said earlier connects to, I think, equally to um, both of us is um, – there was a uh, being like a freelance studio engineer, like how to do it, like what is involved in it, um, which I think is was a very cool panel. What all they talked about, I'll let Owen start this one off. All right, so I forget the person's name. I think it started with, I think his first name was Brian. Yeah, I, there were, yeah, there was there a was lot of people like to try to remember. Um, anyway, he's a London-based freelance studio engineer, so he came over to Nam just to have. Uh, talk and it was very well structured I liked it a lot uh, he essentially talked about a couple of main points including money management the future of work which we'll get into and then mental health which is something you really never talk about in the music industry yeah um, so yeah definitely money management he stressed the importance of having a 50-50 type pay cut so like you collect 50% of what they're going to pay you before you start work and then 50% after, so that you don't risk doing the work and then just bailing on you last minute. Yeah, that was really neat. I like the way they structured that, so you can not have that happen to you. Yeah. Um, he also talked about how, as a freelance, you can have, like, up periods where you have a lot of clients, and then, like, you know, down periods where you don't have a lot of things. So he said that you essentially need to save as much as possible definitely to have yes. some sort of cushion and then he talked about the importance of a portfolio um income yeah or portfolio yeah portfolio Something, income yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. it was on the lines of that yeah and he mentioned podcasting which is also another reason why yeah we started so this branch out because like yeah you could mix but then like when you're in a down period you still have to pay bills like so you should have some things to offset such as like a songwriting royalties or podcast revenue or if you have like some of your own original music out on spotify or something like that yeah it's like you need to have some sort of like you need to have some other areas that you can make revenue off of instead of just your main mixing or mastering type thing exactly i remember him saying he makes sample packs which i know yeah. we'll be doing in one of our classes soon and i tried starting one i gotta see how you fully execute that so i'll probably wait until we like yeah. learn about that in class but yeah owen said a main chunk pretty much like what i would say he was just very helpful um pretty much said like yeah there's gonna be a lot of downtime and especially in like certain chunks um of like you use seasons as an example like summer you would probably have a little bit more because there's more people making music that need to be mixed as via like winter where everyone wants to just like work and just bunker down for the cold um but yeah he was very helpful and he pretty much definitely showed and opened our eyes on how to properly execute being like a freelance studio engineer and like go about how to be a freelance studio engineer um so we are now going to drift into the show floor or do you want to well there was also two other areas in the do you still want to talk more about that i mean i have a couple more talking points if i mean you have a couple there, more talking ahead. points yeah, go ahead. um 
Yeah, I guess for mental health, uh, definitely, because um, I don't suffer from it, and Kyle, I don't think you suffer from it. No, not really. But yeah, he actually stated it statistics were music industry professionals are three times more likely to suffer from depression, anxiety, or panic attacks. And this is pretty alarming, actually, because um, I was just sitting there, and I was thinking, damn, like, that's actually pretty awful. Yeah, um, it's not good at all. Yeah, and the main couple of points that attribute to this is, especially for freelancing, is because there's no job security at all. Um, so, like, yeah, you could mix for, like, a couple years, but nothing's guaranteeing that you can keep your studio if you can't pay the bills. Exactly. Um, also the hours that you work are mostly nighttime hours, especially if you're a live sound engineer. So like you kind of miss being able to hang out with people or also you, it kind of strains like any relationships that you have. And then, uh, well, what else is there? Oh, also sense of isolation too, because if you're a freelance, but you also have other, um, if you also have a portfolio income, then it always seems like there's more work to do than there is hours in the day. So you basically spend all of your time working and you don't really know how to like turn yourself off of that and then do other things. Yeah. It's um, pretty interesting. Oh, I wonder who's here. Someone ran our doorbell. Um, but yeah, so yeah, yeah I didn't someone mean to, else will get it. Yeah, I didn't mean to rush Owen off that topic. He took a lot more notes than I did. I took very little notes, so yeah, that's why I'm unaware. But um, I think I'm a better student than Kyle is. Definitely. Yeah, but anyway, watch out for that because that's a pretty serious topic. Yeah. Um, okay, so you wanted to move on to the yeah, yeah. Unless you have any other points to talk about, I won't rush you. No, not particularly. No. Three, no. Um. So, um, interesting. Um, sorry, people are talking about our, they're in our apartment, but, um, we might get. <laughs> oh, man, that's pretty funny. Um, you can hear that in the background. I have no idea. We apologize if you can hear that yeah. in the background. Sorry, that's pretty funny. We can cut that out um, yeah. <laughs> when we're um, done doing our thing. Um, so we're now going to talk about the um, individual boots. Not individual yeah. boots, show floor. And then individual boots. Sorry, I'm looking ahead so much. Um, there were tons of boots on the show floor. Lots of gear. Lots of great musicians. Um, things like that. Um We'll definitely we'll go into more detail about certain boots, but we'll just say like briefly that there are boots like the Avid boots, like Sony, um, Mackie, just like any of your gear, Focusrite, all types of things like that. Just like all like your basic, not basic gear, but you know what I mean, like gear, gear boots everywhere. Um, tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of gear, and um, lots of um, great musicians, um. But, um, yeah, I dropped a peanut on your floor. It's all good. Um, and there are lots of great musicians there. Definitely some famous people. Um, not too many, but a lot of them were just thought of great musicians as in there's just like lots of people that like have practiced the craft and everything and just yeah. 
were really good to hear them pick up these amazing um, pieces of gear and just go all out. Very nice. You yep. can add to that now. Sorry, I went on a rant. No, yeah, there was a lot of awesome boosts there. Um, and even just walking around the show for you kind of just look at all these products and you're like dang those are pretty nice um because there was um i don't know if you're going to talk about this in your individual segment but there was this booth um where you're able to play a keyboard and then you're able to like orchestrate for a full like multi-instrument like thing all at the same time and i'm explaining that pretty terribly but um, this guy was essentially able to play this MIDI keyboard, and he was able to just record parts for, uh, I think it was a big band. Yeah, talking about the Swam say. booth, yeah. And he was just able to do that all at the same time. Yeah, it was really cool, very neat, which is sad to say in a sense where, like, these virtual instruments can just, like take of over our job almost how real it sounded like yeah. if you didn't know like you're at a tech show and stuff like that you probably would have thought that was like a real big band yeah i mean i feel like in some capacity it could but people still prefer to have like humans and like human expression especially definitely. in creative arts but yeah definitely machine warning and like robotics i think that'll impact the industry a bit when it comes to a commercial scale like that or a more widespread commercial scale definitely yep. um so yeah and then more like individual booth talk um um we all enjoyed me you know enjoyed the avid booth who'd like do pro tools sibelius all that stuff um they had just very cool structured booth lots of just cool stuff to explore and just like we talked about how to like get pro tool certified and things like that and how do you do all that they had lots of cool just yeah really lots of cool stuff there um oh did anything like stick out to you at the avid booth um i mean i think you basically summed up all my talking points at that booth yeah um because it was definitely one of the bigger booths because they're a huge software company um there was a demo for sibelius i believe yeah guy, or did you already say that uh, no i i said that sibelius was a thing right yeah. about demo yeah they had a demo like you could actually hop on a computer there and try it out um yeah then we just talked about getting pro tools certified as kyle said and then yeah, that's, that was it. I don't think we really got a chance to play around with the Pro Tools computers. Not a lot. There was a lot of people there yeah. and stuff. But, um, yeah, so Avid was really cool. Um, I know Owen pointed out a booth to me. I'll let him talk about this one. It's like the Sony 360 sound. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So with the Sony 360 sound, they were able to you essentially put on a pair of headphones, like standard studio headphones. Yeah. And... They played a demo track of, and it, I don't even know how to describe it, like, um, I don't know, they said, like, center, and then you could hear the center, like, in the center, like, yeah. front and center between the left and the right, um, and then it just went on to go to, like, the back, left, right, and then they're able to do, like, even top and bottom, yeah, so they're able to really do cool. some obscure thing with, like, 
bottom front left or something and it would be in your bottom front left yeah and it's weird it's, it's really, really cool, weird but it's gonna be really neat technology especially in the future yeah if they get that to a commercial advanced. level then like you can do a lot in terms of panning with that thing yeah 1000 percent. and it'll just create a bigger atmosphere for any mix that you're working on yes I feel. definitely um yeah so yeah 2360 sounds really cool i'm glad owen like noticed that and i think um our also our friend john noticed that too so john um, from a uh, splash mountain john, john, john <laughs> from splash that. mountain but um yeah so now i'm gonna talk about the one booth that i really stood out to me too on um, i really like the mackie booth um because i love mackie products i um own two sets of their studio monitors um they're just amazing they're good for that stuff monitoring sound audio equipment just they're fantastic very nice people they had um free t-shirts free complimentary m&ms with their logo on it remember yeah. that that was really cool That's good uh, oh, nice t-shirts too yeah i know my um girlfriend um she um tried their like in-ear monitors they're kind of like earbuds but they work yeah. like monitors like when you're monitoring a show she said she loved them i didn't, I didn't get a chance to try them because we we're trying to hit lots of stuff but they sounded really cool from what i've heard and what i saw um but yeah i don't know if you have anything about mackie because i know you were messing with some of their little setups um yeah i was messing with their setup but i forget uh oh yeah i think it was just a mic demo um and had a standard i think it was a standard pro tool session on there yeah um so i was messing around with doing like different delays and i think i also did a pitch shifter and that was um, our friend Corey was singing and it sounded very weird. Yeah, it's interesting um, they showed me. Yeah, I definitely do like the frequency response to that mic and I completely forgot the model number of that. Yeah, it's alright, that's fine. Yeah, but, it's, um, it's really hard to remember what you've seen at that show. Yeah, there's so much to yeah. see. Um, now I'm going to let um, Owen talk about his um, Lee Gary oboe. Yeah, reads. so um, if you don't know Lee Gary is a company that makes synthetic reeds it's out of like plastic and stuff um so they've been around for a bit mainly making uh single reed reeds like clarinet and sax and they i don't know how recently probably a little while ago they've shifted to doing double reeds for bassoon and oboe and i think they also do english horn reeds as well probably um yeah so i went to their booths just to see like yeah, like, how much does a read last? Um, does it respond in all types of atmospheres? And how much was it? So, yeah, so it was interesting because apparently those reads are able to last in every atmosphere because they're plastic and not wood, so they wouldn't really change that much to temperatures and humidity. Um, it's pretty neat. It is 140 bucks, I think, though. It's somewhere in that ballpark, but it lasts sense. a couple months. That's what I mean. It makes sense. Um, depending on, of course, how much you play it. Um, they, The one thing that was... Yeah, they didn't really have an American scrape read, which for Oba reads, there's two different types of scrapes. There's a European scrape and an American scrape. Since I'm an American, I play on an American read. Yeah, um, makes sense. Because a European read um, is like brighter in tone, um, 
and then American Read is a bit more mellow, so it's like two different styles of playing. And I mean, over the course of like the years, they've kind of been blending together, but there still is a distinct difference. So, it's really cool. I don't know. I might look at it more when they come out with an American script. More down, the, yeah, more down the I, line. Yeah, I don't know when they would come out with that. Yeah, and also if I have the money to pay for it. Exactly. Too. Yeah, I feel that. Not saying those are expensive, but they're not cheap. Yeah. So. Yeah. So the last thing we're gonna, I think, hit for booth wise, actually, just to, so we're actually very like we're doing solid with time. Um, we're gonna talk about it on the Hal Leonard booth, which is like Hal Leonard, just like a big music company. They have tons of sheet music. I think we kind of like basic instruments, just just a lot, lots of sheet music, lots of books. Um, I found like lots of stuff that I would have easily purchased that had to do with like jazz and stuff because I like jazz. And jazz course guess what we couldn't do we couldn't purchase it yeah they said that they were just like yeah like i noticed on the sign like these are all for show because it's a trade show but it was just like it kind of hurt because it's just like basic stuff is just like sheet music not like fancy new gear which like makes sense on why you wouldn't sell but like it just yeah. that they couldn't like sell like things there at all so they pretty much just had like this entire retail store which signs everywhere saying cannot purchase like for display only and i'm just yeah, like yeah so well. that was kind of weird yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like they could have, like anybody who visited, they could have given like a promo code or something. Definitely. But I mean, yeah, it's just like all these books, and then you just couldn't buy them. I know my girlfriend would have enjoyed having like a Broadway piano book. Um, yeah. Yep. I still might consider getting that for her. Actually, I think that'll be a nice gift. Definitely. Um, don't know if she's gonna listen to this episode though, so. <laughs> If you are, I will. It will be a surprise. So, um, yeah. Strangely enough, maybe I wasn't looking hard enough, but I couldn't find any oboe sheet music there. Yeah, so. I, that's we noticed that. It's a I little it's just because, instrumentalist. Like, yeah, I don't know if it's just because of just like they just kept it to more just like just like the basic like sax, trumpet, trombone, piano things, just because they probably didn't have so much room. Yeah definitely it was definitely dominated by piano and string books um yeah 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 because oboe is not really a common elementary school or commercial instrument so it's kind of yeah. like caught in the middle somewhere yeah that's so. what they were definitely targeting just like kind of like beginner stuff yeah. but yeah so that was like mainly all the uh, big boots that stuck out to all of us um so now we're gonna go into just like two little stories of um instruments an instrument we tried owen obviously tried his main which was the oboe and i tried the trombone i'll let um owen talk about the oboe experience all right so um so if you don't know if you ever go to a trade show that's showcasing instruments you should bring your own reeds or mouthpiece yeah and neither of us did that so i had we, a mouthpiece i just kept forgetting to bring it to the yeah he floor. kept it at the hotel yeah i completely forgot to bring a reed um and like a water cup although i would have been walking around with that all day so i don't know if i would have done that either way um anyway so right across from the how leonard booth um yeah just really close they had a woodwind uh vendor showcase thing and I spotted a couple of oboes that I seen that seemed pretty interesting. So I picked one up, um, and I was thinking, yeah, I'm not gonna actually play with it. I just wanted to like see how it feels and stuff. 
And then this older lady came over and she was like, oh, are you going to play that? And I'm like, I don't have a read, so I can't. So she basically let me borrow her read. Yeah. And and if you're an oboist, you can't be a germaphobe because oboes share everything. Yeah. Whether it's like, yeah, you share reads all the time, essentially. If you're like working on them with somebody, you're like, hey, like blow into this. Tell me how it sounds or something. Um. Yeah, so I borrowed a read from her, and, you know, it was pretty nice. And uh, so I, like, played a couple of scales on it, and I was like, oh, yeah, this instrument's pretty cool. Like, it responds pretty well, and it feels pretty nice. I forgot the brand, though, um, yeah, of the instrument. Yeah, I forget a lot of the brands. Don't worry, I'm not doing anything with the trombone. And then, so I put the instrument back on the shelf, and then Kyle and I went over to the Hal Leonard booth. And then I see the same lady pick up the same instrument and just, like, go ham on it. And I'm just standing there like, I'm not that good. (laughs) And I think she said she was a music teacher. So, that yeah, that's a little justification for that. Um, But, yeah, it was kind of (laughs) weird just to be like, yeah, you're a lot better than I am at this instrument. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was neat. And I I saw that um, my girlfriend texted me saying that I'm – I went and found an oboe, and like the only can play it, so I had to rush over, and then I saw you play it. It was really neat. Um, going into my experience, I was walking around. Um, I think we were all kind of split up for a little bit, and um, there was this trombone that I guess I forget the name of the company. I think they were a uh, um Italian um Italy based um company, and they had a trombone that they were saying was made out of like carbon fiber, like it's was not like brass at all it was like a blackish colored it was really cool i noticed they had like plastic mouthpieces so i mentioned like hey i forgot my mouthpiece can i still play this and like yeah so we have these four so i picked the mouthpiece that was similar to my size yeah the plastic's a little bit weirder i played on plastics in my p-bone but let me tell you it was one of the most smoothest like butter instruments i've trombones i ever played um yeah they said it's like made to exact specifications the way they treat it the way that the material it's made out of that's probably just felt so smooth and then he started talking about it was like talking about it and then he like kind of like gave like the expression like oh this guy's gonna buy one and i asked how much it was and then he was like five thousand plus <laughs> i'm like yeah i just can't do that right now yeah. and maybe not for a while but i was very thankful to still try it and it was one of the coolest trombones i've ever played yeah, on that's a lot of money for us right now it is this year right now it's just college students yeah that's that's more than how much my oboe cost yeah um like a couple years ago yeah it's, it's it was crazy but it was very neat and it was really neat and yeah um yeah so that's pretty much just our cool two little stories about an instrument we tried both pertaining to our main instrument yeah. um, obviously we played things we messed around on pianos little drum kits things like that um but now we're going to talk into just some like cool little casual stuff that was going around the convention um i guess kind of pertained slightly a little bit more to me minus the stuff of like we just like there were lots of cool little food boots um things like that and like little just like kind of friendly instrument boots like i know we tried like a nice friendly like melodica booth that yeah. was really cool um they had very nice things but then like we mean they kind of casual as like there was um an esports little booth there that we all thought was like there for like a reason reason like pertain to like music but i think it was just kind of there to like promote slash just have like a kind of just like a chill um just a chill thing for people to just go relax for a second and just check out some like video games 
Um, the booth is very cool. And they had a um, Smash Bros. tournament going on. And um, yep. me, Owen, and my girlfriend, we were all walking around. We stopped, and we were just like, oh, look, it's like Smash Bros. Cool. And then I guess we just got there the per- perfect timing because, like, the one guy, like, I just, just got out. Like, he was he, he was eliminated, and they have to, like, they add on new contestants. And um, he just turns around and asks one of us if we want the controller, and they both point at me. And I'm just like, okay. And there's just a single Joy-Con for any people that know about the Switch. Um, so I played um, – a lot of these people probably never really played Smash. I'm not that good, but I can just tell by how these other people were playing that they really don't touch Smash. I think they were just doing it for the heck of it. They just they probably know what Smash is, obviously, and they're like, oh, I'll play. And then I ended up winning my first ever tournament, and I won a um, – I got the option to take um, – I got a gaming mouse, and they gave me a free um, – mouse pad with it and i took a mouse that was a really cool which was a very neat pick because it was a that or a captain america one and this one turned out really cool because it like lights up and everything um so yeah and then after that um uh, my girlfriend and owen also hopped on um yeah and they played they did really good owen was really good oh i got into yeah so i played Wii fit as my main and i think i switched to wakario for one round and then switched back to yeah i think so um, yeah, but I ended up getting in second for that. Yeah, these are really um, good. And then I think uh, Megan got in third. Yeah, she got third. So, yeah, it was really neat. It was really yeah. fun, and the booth was cool. So. I, th- I think we played with stage hazards, though. So yeah, that was the one you thing. got maps that had stage hazards. I saw that. Yeah. I don't think we played with items, though. No, no items. You just had stage hazards. So yeah, I know so, that messed you up once. Yeah, I can't remember what map it was on, but... It's the Brin Star. It was the lava. That's that the Norfair map. Yeah. Was it the North? No, I think I no. won on that one. I think Maybe. it was a different one. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, I know it had lava or something. Fire damage. Yeah. Got you. Something like that. But yeah, so that was just like one little cool thing, casual in the convention. Like I said, there are multiple things, and this is all types of things you can do. Tons and tons of stuff. So now we're gonna take a little, not reverse, but we're gonna take a little back and go back to just like things we kind of did also out of the convention i know we talked about disneyland on the first day but obviously like we got food at different places <laughs> we had to eat food at some um, point we just did just some other stuff that just so while we were in california we're gonna definitely make do with that so just being in this convention center the entire time um so the first thing we will talk about is one of the, i think one of the first places we ate at or if not it was like something um pretty close something that we we eat at here because they're everywhere um it's a family family favorite known as um ihop ihop yeah uh so you know ihop with all the pancakes and uh eggs and sausages and all that so i think it was saturday night yeah no it was not it was closer towards the end oh it might have been friday night because right yeah, we I did think it was Friday night that we did first. That. Yeah, in and out then I think we did IHOP, then something else, then in and yeah. out again. Just talking about IHOP first because of those prices. Yeah, uh, so we understood that like the cost of living was higher in California, but we didn't know that it was that much higher. So I think a stack of four pancakes costs like 11 bucks there. Yeah, so here it's like 5 Yeah, so when I saw that price, I was like, oh... <laughs> yeah that's that's the only thing i'm getting i was thinking of getting another thing on top of that but yeah now that's i did the same thing i just got like one thing and just 
yeah. ate that um because of prices but other than that it was so it was still good it was just yeah still expensive which we we knew that and we understand we didn't complain we didn't want to go somewhere else but speaking of a non-expensive place in and out yeah um, we liked it so much that we went two times yeah really good i've been there before and i definitely knew they would all enjoy it so i and it's just like only something you could really find in that area so we had to make do of it um yeah i think i could get a whole cheeseburger meal for like six bucks and that included like french fries and yep and the french fries are mediocre they um the burgers a lot better yeah definitely they're known for their burgers um, we actually had a real weird eating schedule during that trip too, because we had a big breakfast that was complimentary from the hotel, of course. And then like we went, like so I think we ate breakfast at like eight or nine or something. Then we went the whole day through the convention, and then like dinner nine or ten hours later we would eat. Dinner. Yeah, we did. We kind of kind of so, we kind of dissed lunch, but we kind of had a biggerish dinner. Yeah, so got filled up. it's definitely. I would not recommend it. It's yeah. not a good idea, but we did that for the full trip. It worked out though. Yeah. But um yeah, and then speaking of there's like also places down there. We had at that one spot I forgot to add, um, that Jack in the Box. We had at that like the last day. Yeah. Which is in- an interesting place. I Oh right, so it went in and out, I hop in and out, then Jack in the Box. Yeah. That's it was still our... pretty good though. Yeah, it was neat. But um Speaking so of the Jack in the Box, technically leads into what we're gonna go into. Um, we decided we found. I saw this ad for a Mario Kart VR that's apparently in only two locations, and one is in Washington D.C. and in California. And we were like, "Yo, we should do this. We're all gamer nerds. We all like Mario Kart. It'd be sick." And um, you you enjoyed it, right? Mm-hmm. I, it was yeah. really cool. But um, it's the part that how we got there, which is funny. So it was a bit away from Anaheim. Yeah. So and we had to Uber there. We, we, we didn't like have a rental car or anything. We Ubered anywhere. And Uber was getting a little pricey. I think we just picked a bad time or slash bad day. I think the convention was just ending for its like a full ending. So everyone's yeah. calling Ubers. Um, it was a lot. And we had one extra person than usual. So we had to get the bigger Uber, which was a little more. So we were just like, hang on, we're going to try this thing where we'll get the normal four-person Uber because it goes from four and then the next one is six. So, like, yeah, there's, there's no, no in-between five for five-seater. So, like, I was thinking, like, some people have – Five passengers, a four-passenger, four like, car. There, there could be – some people could probably drive a car that can comfortably fit five and then you have the ones that fit six are, like, your minivans, things like that. You're just SUVs, bigger cars. So we got this nice guy – and I asked on the Uber app, I was like, can this, can you support five? And the guy was just like, he ended up calling me and um, we, I talked to him like, yeah, we're just like, just like normal, like college people. Like, we're just like, we're not like too big group, too huge, very friendly, all that stuff. So he's like, I'll come and I'll check it out. He said, he saw, he looked at us. He was like, yeah, I can do it. He was just like, I don't do this. Like he was going to say like, you shouldn't do this. Definitely call a big person. Cause it is a little, was a little legal. In a sense of seatbelt wise, very illegal. Very yeah. illegal. But um, so, uh, I'm not gonna yeah. put out his name or anything like Megan that. Megan and because, I shared a seatbelt. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Um, but other than that, it was it was very nice, very friendly. We gave him a decent tip, um, to make sure that um, because he did that for us. But um, we were trying to save money, and then we got to the VR place. Very cool place. Cool go karts. VR was amazing. Um, you were um, who were you? You Yoshi once or no? You were Mario. They didn't have Yoshi. Yeah, they did. They yeah, remember it was um. No, they had. 
They had Peach, Mario, Luigi, and Bowser. Nah, Bowser was the NPC. Yeah, y- really? Yoshi was there, but oh, Corey so wanted somebody, Yoshi. Yeah, Corey took Yoshi. So I you're to, Mario because I, I had liked, to deal with Mario. I I liked Luigi from the first round, and I paid to do twice so that the teams were at least three three instead of yeah. four two, um, which is still really cool. But um, yeah, and then after that we had to walk a little bit because the Uber was again once really expensive, and we didn't want to do a four one again. So we walked a good chunk to make the distance shorter, which makes the Uber cheaper. Yeah. So then what we did, we Ubered to a like mall that was kind of close just to the hotel, kind of. Yeah. We had and a then... big walk, but it was a very nice, it was a kind of nice walk, not going to yeah. lie. You and then know. we had to make it back to the hotel in time for the bus to leave to go to the airport. And we made it back just home. in time. Yeah, that like, was a... like kind of was just getting loading up. All the big guys were loading up, and we rolled in, got our stuff, and left them. Yeah, that was a pretty interesting timing that we had. Yeah, it yeah, out. we had to cross like some bridges. Yeah, and... some cars. It was really neat. Yeah. Like in the end, like it was really cool. But um, it just sucks that we were like in a rush. But um, yeah. So that's like pretty much a lot of the stuff that we did like outside of Nam. Just a lot of stuff that was like food, really. But um. So now we're going to go into, I guess, our closing remarks about Nam and talk about one thing that we didn't talk earlier because I wanted to save for the end was the big Yamaha show. So Yamaha is like the big brand there, big name. They have everything. Um, and then they had like lots of um, guests. Um, um, so, yeah, um, we'll talk, I'll talk about it a little bit. I'll let Owen get some talking. I know I've been talking a lot, but I'll, I'll name some of the guys and then I'll let Owen talk about them. Um, there was a guy named Verbal Ace who was a beatboxer who just did crazy stuff with his voice. Very um, ambitious outfit too. Yeah, there was the talk box guy, which I don't. I think that's kind of what he goes by, but he has like I think an actual actual like stage name. That's just not that. But um, he if everyone doesn't know who that is, it's the guy in Bruno Mars' hit song. Um, I think it's Uptown Funk. I. Th- think no um, um 24 karat magic like that one yeah. um he does like the little intro like synth talk box feel and then the closer there were some other acts in there i forget their names they're like soul it was a very it's soul funk um, yeah very soul funk r&b type thing yeah and um it ended with earth wind and fire so i'll let owen talk about his stuff with all those wonderful yeah, so- artists yeah, pretty awesome that we went. Uh, the weather wasn't too bad there either. It was pretty nice. Um, we actually, the front of the stage was too crowded, so we couldn't really get a good angle, but they had a video screen on the back of the stage, so really we could just good. go behind the stage and then, um, yeah, we weren't. We also weren't blasted by the uh, front fills either, so it was yeah, pretty nice. Very nice. Um. Yeah, but honestly, just seeing Earth, Wind, and Fire, like, in person, I put that in quotes because we didn't, like, actually see them. We saw a video projection of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting just hearing them. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say on that. Uh, all in all, just a really cool uh, experience. Also, what night was that? Was that Friday night? That or... was, I think, Saturday night. Right. It was the day before the last day. Because they couldn't technically do it on the last day because it ended. The entire show yeah. ended. Well, earlier. Monday was the last day, though. No, we can't. I mean, wasn't it Sunday? Oh. Wait. No, sorry. It was Sunday. That was the yeah. last day. Yeah. Um. 
but yeah so that was like yeah huge was, stage too huge stage it was very cool lots of great people earth wind and fire was amazing i love that yep. punk soul jazz feel horn sections very neat yeah and at the end they, they brought like all the acts out and they did one final yeah one well. big one big thing so yeah that was it was really cool the nam show as a whole was very neat i'd definitely go again next year um it was just it was marvelous um and i was glad to go with great friends too and enjoy it all and um so that's all i think we have on our big nam 2020 show yeah all around pretty good experience um i enjoyed it a lot it was very neat and also our hotel had a hot tub so we yes. spent one time uh, there uh, yeah, and it was very really cool. good um but yeah so that's it um so we are close it out um i think our next episode will just be on like more basic topic i'm not sure yet more just talking about just flesh that out life things like that music obviously but yeah so (laughs) any remarks mr um yeah we need to plan out what we're gonna do next uh because i thought that this was gonna be a two-parter episode but um what else can we talk about maybe just um miking techniques something i don't know something Something like that about projects that we've done here oh yeah true how do that what they've taught us so yeah um but if you really want to once we finalize that if you follow us on instagram at ko podcast twitter at ko podcast i gotta make sure they're all like named the same because i thought yeah. i think one of them might have a one at the end of it like ko podcast well, i know one. some of them have k dot o yeah it, it should come up dot. still yeah. um so yeah i think so instagram twitter i mean two things so you can now tweet us questions dm us questions do all yeah. that still um, also email us questions at yep. uh ko podcast 1803 at gmail yep so um ko podcast name was already taken for a gmail so we had to add those fancy numbers but yep. um that's the only reason why that's different but yeah so if you have anything to reach us follow us on the social media i'll make sure our social media manager megan gets this information about the podcast yeah. and stuff so we'll keep you updated but other yeah. than that yeah I thank you all for joining it. us um Thanks for joining yeah like we said in the last episode uh ko podcast is a co-production now try production i guess with uh sense, yeah. kyle owen or kyle myself owen and our social media manager, Megan. So, yeah, just feel free to reach out to us with any questions or comments, and we'll, you know, address them in the, ne- the next episode. All right. So, yeah, have a nice time. Take care, everyone. <laughs>